What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If you're new to the show, let me tell you what's going to go on so everybody could be on the same page for the episode. The name, Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, are the three sections of the topics I'm going to be talking about today with my wonderful guest in the Buds section. I'm not a, I haven't always done astrology, but astrology plus what strain you should be smoking? Now, that's brilliant. That's how you hook me. So, I have mine and my guest today. We're going to talk about our astrological signs, what that means for this month, and then it tells us a weed that we should smoke. In the bro section, just going to try a new kind of topic here, what you're watching. Two shows have really enveloped my life. I want to see what my guest has been up to in terms of binging as well. And then finally, in the superhero section, once again, kind of taking a different route. Last time with Popco, we didn't talk about one Batman movie. We just talked about Batman altogether. This time, I'm actually going to take a page out of my host book and kind of bring a little bit of news, and we'll just kind of banter about that a little bit. Without further ado, though, please let me welcome back Daniel from the Reasons I'm Broke podcast. Sir, thank you again so much for keeping coming back and really excited for this episode. It is a privilege, and thank you so much for having me back on. Hello, buds, bros, and superheroes out there. And a happy release the air cut day to you, Nick, because <laughs> that's been blowing up the Internet this week. Is that is that going off today, like the big one, or are they waiting for tomorrow? It was supposed to be the 13th, so as not to try to take away attention from the other Suicide Squad that's releasing, but instead it was a last-minute change, and they're like, fuck it. And then today it's it's actually trending higher than James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Fucking A. All right, we're going to save a little bit more of that for the. For, I have another question to tease you on, and that's how we'll tease everybody to stay too, all the way in the superheroes section. But that was great. Yes, happy David Air Day to or release David. What is it? I released the Air cut. Yeah, I already fucked it up, but yeah. happy that to you as well. And again, thank you so very much for coming to hang out, man. Absolutely, thank you. With that, we are going to start the show the way that we always do, entering the bud section. Before I get going anywhere, I did want to shout out uh, any PA Canna. Mr. Danny G told me about this grassroots product called Yuckmau. And it's really not a good name in terms of it tastes delicious, so it doesn't give you yuck mouth. But, you know, that's that's neither here or there. I usually like to say what I'm smoking on. That's been the strain in the house right now and it's really fucking good. But you yourself, sir, are not a traveler of the green, so we are going to take a little bit of a, a left turn, do something a little bit different. I was on Leafly which is a great site for anybody who wants pretty much anything to know about cannabis. It's pretty fucking crazy, all of their different things that you could talk about. So you could talk about growing, strains, politics, health, lifestyle, science, and tech industry, all those things. And I stumbled across here, Stars, Signs, and Cannabis Strains, August 2021 Horoscopes. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty fucking fun. Normally, outside this, do you follow your horoscope? Do you... Do you do do anything with that, Daniel, on a normal basis outside of right now? Not at all. I've actually I'm very, I'm not superstitious. I'm not a believer in any crazy uh, stuff that isn't provable or whatever. Which I'm not saying that th- things don't exist, but this falls along that pseudoscience stuff. I mean, it's fun though. It, it's fun to look at, and but I don't take it seriously. I would have to definitely agree with you there, especially now we're going to read our own horoscopes and then if you want go ahead and look yours up but my wife is a different one than us so i've read now three out loud and i'm like these are all kind of the same so (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna see what everybody thinks i just i thought it was a fun a fun little thing so daniel i found out today you're a gemini yeah that's right yeah gemini 
Uh, I don't, I don't know what that means in general. And, and you're right though. It is always very generic, just generic enough. It's kind of like when you're doing a blind reading of like, is anyone in here like they used to do on sci-fi or whatever? Anyone in here with a relative that passed away, like a Mary or a, a Melinda? And then they're like, yeah, me, me, Mary. All right. Well, you, and you know, it's kind of what that feels like when I read some of these. You're right. It is kind of like very broad. They don't really tell you specifically on Wednesday. You better watch out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm really quick to shout out my mom because I know she is a listener. She was so into John Edwards when he came out and she's like, he hears stuff. And I was like, no, just listen. Like she's, he goes into a room with people expecting to hear from the other side. And she goes, does anybody know someone here that's died? And like, of course he's going to get a yes and shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they, there was that news station that did the John Edwards. They kind of exposed them where they would say, okay, he hit like 10% of the time and that's what they air. And then the rest of them, it was just like him blindly asking questions, no hits, no hits until finally they do. That's what they, they air. And I get it. It's entertainment. And since then, he's even said, look, I'm not going to go into whether or not I really have a talent, but if it helps someone, then I'm doing good. And that's kind of where he left it. Oh, geez. Yeah. Good thing he left it. I don't. Anyway. With that, though, I would like you, if you don't mind, to read your Gemini one. So anybody who's what do you know what bracket that is? Like what what time is that? So Gemini, I believe, is June and July or it might be the month before. But I'm a June guy. So I was born in June and that's where mine hits. And mine reads, happy end of summer, Gemini. It's true. Soon the days will be getting shorter and the nights longer. But we still have a lot to look forward to in August. Your ruler, Mercury, is in direct motion the whole month, which is great news. Mercury enters Virgo on August 11th. That's my dirty mind already. This is a very direct, very organized pairing. If your workspace is cluttered, prioritize getting that fixed up so you can focus on your tasks with more clarity and energy. On August 16, Venus enters Libra. This is a super harmonious celestial event. Tab into all that love and peace among your inner circle. Plan a small farewell to summer or just stop to smell the flowers and appreciate how important the cycle of seasons is to our planet. And the August strain, and this is where I'll need your help, Nick. There is simply nothing better than laying the grass and looking up at the stars. Generate that feeling from the comfort of your living room couch with Star Dog. This is a strong hybrid strain named for its sparkling star-like crystal trichomes. Users report its euphoric, pleasant, and cerebral effects. Have you had Star Dog? No, I've not, but I'm definitely going to write that down for trying because Hybrid Strain is definitely a nice green flag for me. Star-like Crystal Trichromes is another one. Euphoric, Pleasant, and Cerebral Effects. Yeah, those are all things that when I go in to look for, I'm gonna. That's exactly what I look for. So that sounds really good. Star Dog, and it's spelled for anybody out there. It's a D A W G. So it's cool, you know. Is that a similar description to what you would, I've, you know, from your previous episodes, you go into a dispensary and they, there's like the bud tenders is what you were calling them. Do they have these kind of descriptions when you go in to try to pick out a different one? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, not only just because he's become my friend and somebody who comes on the show, again, I'm going to shout out Danny G of like, that dude is knowledgeable, man. Like he, he really, really likes it. You know, more than I could say almost anybody else I've encountered, you know, it's like going to a mechanic and like every mechanic can fix a car. But there's that one who's like just deep in gearhead almost is what I'm trying to compare it to. If just he knows all the 
different types of cannabinoids, how they are going to affect you, what it does on your cannabinoidal system. And so, yeah, he can go in there knowing, looking at the label of like, all right, it's got this much THCA, this much CBD, this much this, this, and this. It will give you something a little bit more, yes, euphoric, pleasant, and cerebral. Like, they kind of go in there. They We have to make, what's it called? Um, oh, the word just went right out of my head. A recommendation, excuse me. You know, they can't say that this is definitely going to do this for you because every patient's different with different medicine. But they can give you a generalized report of what they think is going to have it. So, yeah, user's report. And that's kind of how he and everybody has to go about suggesting. But, yeah, they're they're super good, man. Bud tenders are awesome. Super smart. And, again, thanks, Danny G. Shout out. And I've got to know, the other question, what's a trichome? Because I immediately think of midichlorians, and I, I don't think that's what they are. No, so this is like a fun part when it's when it's growing when you're in the stage that actually starts to develop the bud, you get little trichromes, which are kind of like little when you magnify like a hundred percent or something like that. Let's say they look almost like little mushrooms. They have a little stalk and then a little ball that sits on top of them. And then you, the more that is, the more cannabinoids and usually the better the taste or the better the effects and the better different things that you have. And those are what you have to watch when you're growing. It's super fun. So like, eventually they'll become hazy and you can't see through them as much. And that's when like the peak time to cut your stuff is. But if they've gone amber, it's too long. Like there's a lot of crazy science behind it. But like when you look at cannabis, some of it looks frosty is a fun word that people use, or it looks like it's got like these crystals on it. And those are the trichromes. Those are what kind of gives it its oomph in both flavor and usage. See, I'm going to be the the one per, I, from listening to your podcast. I'm going to know so much about pot, yet I don't smoke it. And it's going to that's just going to be the effect over these years. That's just simply what's going to happen. So thank you for answering that. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. It just made me think of you like sitting around a group of friends and somebody's like, wow, I got this great weed. And you're like, oh, how's the trichrome situation? And they're like, <laughs> Daniel, I didn't know you smoked like let's stoke. And you're like, no, thank you. And they're just sitting there so confused, like, fuck, how'd that happen? It looks a little too amber for me. <laughs> <laughs> so now I am a Virgo, and I've known that for a while. Have you ever seen The Water Boy? Yeah, oh yeah. Where he's talking to his mom, The Water Boy's talking to his mom, Adam Sandler's talking to Kathy Bates, and he goes, I'm not confrontational, I'm a Voigo. <laughs> so when I found out I was a Virgo, I've been saying, I'm a Voigo for that long. <laughs> now I want to see that movie, it's been years. It has been. Somebody on Discord on your channel put that next to Aquaman, and they're like, if I didn't see the water boy, am I going to understand Aquaman? And I found that very fucking entertaining. <laughs> and I'd forgotten Kathy Bates was in it. Like, she's a memorable character. But I'm like, fucking Kathy Bates? She's a, an amazing and immense talent. I don't know how Adam Sandler or whomever was in charge of casting were able to get Kathy Bates, because even back then, she had just come off of that... I don't know if it was a Stephen King adapted novel, but Misery, and and she was well recognized during the times of the Water Boys. So it's just kind of neat that they were able to get someone as talented as her. Definitely, because at the time too, like Adam Sandler now carries weight in terms of a name. Then he had done the Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, and I would say he's definitely on his rise. That movie, in my opinion, was the one that like really catapulted him past just like oh he's that funny guy to like oh that's fucking Adam Sandler. Right. And yeah, that is great. You know, I wonder just Kathy Bates reading this, just like, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> a Voigo? What is that? <laughs> yeah. 
what part of the anaconda do you think I'm eating? That looks like the knee. And Henry <laughs> Winkler is just like, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I really want to go back and watch that, too. Fucking Henry Winkler, dude. I love him. Right. Yeah. Another immense talent right there. It's crazy. So, Nick, happy August, Virgo. The great news for this month is that, despite there being several planets in retrograde, your ruler, Mercury, is not one of them. On August 3rd, Mercury is Leo. Square Uranus in Taurus. Yeah, see, like we were talking about, like, what do these words mean? Like, that means nothing to me. Right. But it could mean a pleasant surprise is headed my way. Who the fuck knows? On <laughs> August 8th, there is a new moon in Leo. Tap into the abundance of lion energy to help you advocate for your passions and your skills, especially at work. And again, sorry, once again, that is the bullshit where I'm like, fuck, okay, I can do that. That does make sense to me. But who can't that make sense to? Lion I'm, energy sounds like anime to me. I don't know why. No, it totally does, dude. Uh, use the abundance of lion energy. Like, that's, see, there is some verbiage in this where I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I can get on board with this. But then it says, yeah, what was the sen- I I keep even trying to think of it. On August 3rd, Mercury is Leo, square Uranus and Taurus. Like, that's a sentence. And I don't know what that means. But on August 22nd, I'll see a full moon in Aquarius. Get into a little trouble during the middle of the month. That's a bad idea. Start a terrible garage band. Oh, okay, like that. That's not bad. But put up some protest signs in your windows. Or put <laughs> Maybe up not there in these times. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Show the world you aren't afraid to be unapologetically you. Yeah, I'm not too thrilled with mine. I think that you definitely hit the nail on the head. The best part of mine is it says lion energy, and that is pretty fucking cool. I think at the very least, you should try to use that in a sentence sometime this month, like just out at work or with people. Be like, you know, I've got I'm tapping into my lion energy right now and I was able to do this. See if you can do it and it'll feel good, I think. Or if I'm starting up a little trouble, I'm getting arrested. It's like you guys don't understand. I have an abundance of lion energy. I had to get out. (laughs) Have you heard of tiger blood? Well, this is worse. (laughs) Nice. So my August strain Conjure up the feeling of summer lemonade stand with lemon haze. The, this is a sativa-dominant strain that tastes as good as it looks. Users often report the effects come and gently on, they come on gently and gradually. Enjoy what is left of those dwindling summer days. I have had lemon haze, and I would agree with the fact that it is tasty as it looks. It, again, has, it's covered nicely with trichromes, but... The name Lemon Haze is really there because you'd open it up and you're like, holy shit, this is really citrusy. What's a sativa dominant? Uh, you either kind of grow it pretty much in two ways of a sativa or a indica. And those are two kind of different. They're not different strains. They're just different types. And then those types have different strains. So normally the thing that people think of when they are going into purchase as a sativa is an upper energy, a more euphoric kind of, you know, let's go seize the day. Whereas uh, Indica, a lot of people remember, the trick is to remember, an Indica will put you into couch. Mm. So if you want more of a mellowed experience, you know, maybe you're having too much anxiety, maybe a little bit of pain, and you just need to sit and chill, you'll kind of pick up more of that. So I don't know if there is ever a 100%, like this is a 100% sativa, but there are like 5448. So that would be a sativa dominant strain. 
I think that'd be the one I'd be most interested in. And do you have a preference or does it just go based on how you, what you want to do that moment? I would say I like sativas more personally. I, I, you know, there's funny memes on the internet of like, some people describe a sativa like it's a Red Bull and some people describe indica like it's a NyQuil. And I don't think it goes that fucking hard. Right. So for me, as long as I look, I've been learning to look more at different um, cannabinoids in it rather than just the THC or the type of it. And that's kind of been fueling my decisions more. But on a day to day basis, yeah, I like a nice sativa to kind of get me going a little bit more. And uh, I've got to ask, I know you, I don't know if you're smoking right now, but when you do podcast and smoke, do you generally do a sativa or an indica? I don't even know if I said that right. (laughs) No, totally, dude. Totally. Yeah, it's definitely more a sativa. So right now, no, I smoked before we started. I got a pen on me, which is, it is a sativa. So if you want to count the little bit of vaping, but I just, I don't know what it is about today. I've just been coughing a lot and I didn't want to edit a lot. So I was like, nah, I could just sit over there. But usually I do try to smoke during the show. Awesome. All right. Awesome. A little behind the scenes for the listener on the other side. I thank you for that, man. You're a fucking pro. Thank you very much. That's great. <laughs> what well, helps that I, I'm curious too as a listener. So I'm, I'm learning everything about your little process too. And, and, and what, what goes on over here right before, like even just saying that you have, you said a vape on the side and uh, that's, that's something that you can enjoy and do. And sorry, I'm waiting for these dogs to stop barking. That's coming through, isn't it? Yeah, but it's fucking hysterical, sir. I'm with my dogs too. And they both just ran to the front window. Like, Holy shit, I can hear that. That's amazing. <laughs> like I, he was laying right on my foot, pretty much right behind me. And all of a sudden he moves and I'm looking at the window, like mailman, what the fuck? And then I realized, Oh no, it's the dog in your podcast. That's fucking, that was funny. <laughs> well, regardless, I've got, I've got my little ritual that I do. Like I've got my green tea with me and I've got this. So I always like to know what another host as well, like all the little things that add up to uh, making an episode. You know, I'm always curious. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's next time we're going to talk about that in the pro section, more podcast stuff. Cause I just thought of a billion questions that I'd like to ask you now. So that's fun. Awesome. With that, though, it has been a great bud section. Make sure to go to leafly.com and you can look up your own if you are not what we just described. If you are, yay, we all have similar birthdays and now you know what you should be smoking and what you should be looking out for this month. But we are going to end on out of that bud section and open up (laughs) to the bro section. So with this, I'm just kind of wondering, like TV has kind of taken over my life a little bit more so now than ever. I've been really binging shit, and I have two shows that I binged through pretty great. Wanted to talk about those, have some side questions about them, and then I wanted to know what you were binging. All right. Yeah, there's a ton of options out there, too, among all the streaming services. And there's just, it seems like the lists are endless. Every time I'm like, all right, I finished that show. I'm all caught up. There's a new thing that they abuse, or they just add a classic show that I'm like, well, I got to go revisit that now. So... No, I, I totally get it, man. There's, It's very easy to get sucked into binging TV, and the sad part is uh, I'll probably never catch up. No, I don't see how it's possible at this point. Like you said, every time you think that you're caught up, there's just something new to 
come and tickle your fancy and all of a sudden you're like shit i don't have time for that and it always comes as a surprise i don't know about you but i'm like all right i'll start one of these and then boom i'm just down that rapid trail of like i'm really stuck here now and now i gotta figure it out no i'm the same way too and I can't do, I can't juggle more than three or four shows at a time because one will eventually be dropped and I won't ever come back to it. So I've been trying to learn my viewing habits by like, all right, let me finish one at the very least while, and then do no more than three at a time. And they can't be the same ones like an anime. I've got a live action over here. I've got a series. So it's just weird how my brain works is almost like video games too, where I can't stop it or else i'll forget and that's the same with tv in a way especially if it's a drama or a detective show forget about it i have to keep watching it and uh juggle that with the little bit of sleep i want to get that night and and yeah it's great though i i love all the all of these different options we don't we no longer live in those days of needing to highlight the tv guys i don't know if you did that but highlight with a highlighter like okay at this time on this channel this is going to be on and i've got to be there to watch it no more of that. Now we can just click and watch. No, I didn't highlight. I would take a separate piece of paper and write it and then cross it off, almost like a grocery list. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would keep time during the day. Like, does anybody know what time it is? I was like, well, Rocco's Modern Life just ended. It must be 4.30. And they'd be like, all right, <laughs> thanks, Nick. <laughs> My first one that I wanted to talk about is Sons of Anarchy. Have you ever watched? Very, very little bit. Just from when I would be at a buddy's house to pick him up and we'd go to Ale House or UFC nights years ago, many years ago, and he'd be watching Sons of Anarchy. All right, cool. Turn it off and we'd go. So no, I haven't, re- I can't say that I've seen enough of it. It was super good. I definitely watched the first two seasons, maybe three live back in the day. And then when I went to a different school and wasn't living at home, I don't know if I we just didn't pay for cable or if I just had a class or whatever it was, but I locked off or I, I fell off. And kind of the opposite of what we're talking about now, up. So now this time I went back through. I still started at the beginning, but just went through the whole thing in just a very small amount of time. It's seven seasons at 13 episodes a season. So 91 episodes and probably all about an hour. And what we were saying, too, in terms of you have to follow up like, these are the ones that are written like at the very end, it gives you a really good like hook and you're like, shit, now I got to watch another one. <laughs> I was going to ask how long each episode was, but yeah, an hour each and 91 episodes. That's a good, good chunk of time. That's almost next gen, probably half of Star Trek next generation right there. Yeah. And it took surprisingly long too, because it just, it, it kept going in a good way, but there were times where, like we were talking about, you're, you really just said, of, I've got to pick my battles, and tonight I must sleep. But then there'd be other nights. It'd be 3.30 in the morning. I'm just like, I better go kill that son of a bitch. <laughs> did it keep your attention throughout all of the seasons where, where at, at any point did you go, okay, they should probably start wrapping up the story, especially you see that at the end of a lot of shows when they kind of start running out of ideas and they'll start throwing things. I saw that The Office is the first one that comes to mind with all of the different cast members they threw in there. But did you have that moment for Sons of Anarchy or did it feel like the writing was real tight? Well, it's weird because it's seven seasons and the third one sucks. It, and it comes out of nowhere. And again, it's just personal opinion. But one plot point just takes all 13 episodes to get itself out. Meanwhile, as the viewer, we know that it's really just a 10 second conversation that needs to happen mm-hmm. rather than a hundred, like 13 fucking hours of figuring this out. And it just drags. I don't know if you care for plot points, but 
Anybody out there who knows? I think it's the third one. It's the one where they're in Ireland. You're just like, shit, this takes forever. All right. Yeah, well, aside from that, it sounds like it's overall, uh, it was a pleasant watch for you. Yeah, so much so, I uh, I fell in love with it. Maybe a little too much. And I went ahead and I got a Sons of Anarchy tattoo. Oh, no shit. When was this? Yeah, I got it. Shout out to Tim Wood and Mark's tattooing. It was on Thursday. Is that the oh. one you posted on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm still waiting for it to heal up a little bit. I posted a during or an in-session story, but I didn't want to post a full picture of it until it healed up a little bit because it's all black. So it just it takes a little bit before it stops looking so shiny. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, it just I'm going to wait a little bit, but I will eventually post it. I'll show it to you. But it was a good time. I like that guy with the um, Tim and it hurt a lot. And it was a good time, though. <laughs> That's awesome. It was right on your on your leg, right? From what I remember. Yeah. Inside left calf. Yeah. Do you like yeah. getting tattooed? Are you one of those? I, I, I mean, it's the process during while you're getting it. I eventually just numb out. And at like hour two, my arm just starts cramping where I'm just like, I don't even feel it anymore. But I, it's more uncomfortable than anything. But they are addicting. Like once you have it done and it's healed and, and it's it's complete, like it, it's just a nice thing to look at. And you feel like, all right, well, I, you get I, I get at least I get ideas for more. So I enjoy the the after and planning and all of that. But during, yeah, like the first couple, like the first hour, it's like, all right, you know, cool. I'm getting a tattoo. I can't wait to see what this looks like. And then uh, by hour two and three, it's like, all right, I know I got to sit completely still, but I know my arm's fully asleep. And that, at least that's what it feels like. So not a pleasant experience, but it's also not uh, something that I've gotten a tattoo like on my foot where it's really painful or on my underarm or anything like that. So I can't say that it's unpleasant for me, but it's not, comfortable that's the great way to put it my wife is a fucking rock when she gets tattooed it's amazing to watch her she got her ribs done when we went last and she yeah. just sat there and i was just like you're incredible <laughs> like i jumped i jumped the whole time and i kept saying sorry and he's like listen you're not doing it on purpose you know your muscles spasming and i was like yeah but i still feel bad right <laughs> no yeah me too where I'd breathe, I'd be afraid of breathing, like, with my first tattoo. <laughs> like, I don't want to mess him up, because that's forever on me, and I also don't want to inconvenience the guy, because I'm sure that's annoying to them, so, uh, that's crazy. So, it would you would just jump whenever they put the needle down, or when it hit a certain nerve? I guess it was a certain spot, and it would just, I'd feel like, it was more my thigh tensing, that would then just cause, you know, all the strings that are connected mm-hmm. to pull up my calf, and I would see it, and we're not talking jumping, but when you're trying to do anything, the smallest little twitch is too much. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a twitch. It was a bad twitch though. And he was so calm. He's like, no, you, once I'm really started, you can't fuck me up. I was like, you're a gangster. Like he's, he was a really <laughs> cool guy. Like really calm, really patient, did great work, really quick work too. And uh, is this, this isn't your first tattoo, is it? No. Okay. No, I don't know how many. I'm working <laughs> on getting one. That's what I want is for all the, like, I want a full Japanese Yakuza suit kind of, but wow. without all the crime in between. But I want <laughs> everything to touch, you know? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. And for the other ones, did you still jump when you got the other ones done? Yeah, when I got my ribs done, just God bless, literally, you know, and rest in peace to the guy who did my ribs. I've known him since the first grade and he would just do like, and I'd be like, all right, I need to take a break. (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah, dude, I fucking hated getting my ribs tattooed, and it's not finished, and I know I got to go back for it, but ugh, wasn't yeah. wasn't looking forward to that. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> like, even when they would get near my armpit, it would hurt a lot. I can only imagine fucking ribs where it's just tender and it's there's like no muscle there. Uh, no, I can't. I cannot imagine that pain. How many do you have? So I've got the two arm ones and that's it. So they're I guess they're half sleeves. I've got the Batman, the animated series on the on the right. And then I've got Pokemon like a collage of them on the left side. Both are collages. But, yeah, they're both half sleeves. That's fucking awesome. Oh, man, I want to see them. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll post them again on Instagram sometime soon. The only thing with the Pokemon one is it, they're, they're outlines because the artist is incredible with line work. And, uh, but I never wanted it colored. But every time they, people see it, they're like, Oh, when are you going to get a color? And I'm like, I'm not. I like the line work. Like, this is why I, I got it done this way. Like, maybe I'd get it watercolored at some point if I found like a really good watercolor artist that can do like the drips going down and all that. Like I've seen some really good artwork like that, but most of those people are off in England or the Philippines, like those really good tattoo artists. And if I found someone locally, great, but otherwise I wouldn't want to ruin it with color. It's just, it looks to me, it looks nice in black and white. Awesome. I, yeah. Cause I think I saw it a little bit, but not the full thing. But I definitely enjoy the idea of a watercolor. That's cool. That that would be really cool. The next show that I've kind of been binging on that I wanted to talk about is a Netflix show. Wanted to know if you've ever watched Orange is the New Black. I got through season three, I believe. And she just kept going back to jail. And I'm like, what what the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think that's I Kelly and I stopped at about the season. And I think it might have been three or four where they started doing episodes for the secondary characters and then the really non important characters. And that's when I was losing interest because I didn't really care about those. I just wanted the main cast that we had been introduced to in season one and we had been following since. So I don't remember what season it was, but that's when we dropped out. Gotcha. And I definitely see that as I'm going through. I believe I watched season one when it came out halfly. I was kind of like, eh. not that I didn't like it. I just don't remember loving it. Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, what should I watch? Should I have you watch this? And I told her exactly what I just said. So she started it. And where I'm working right now, still from home versus where the television is, is it's to say a stone's throw is I could hurt someone by lobbing a stone. Um, <laughs> so shit's happening and I'm kind of walking back and forth. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's good. And then I was doing that shit a lot. And by the end of the second or third season, I was like, wait, 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 start this. You know, I'll be over in a second. It kind of hooked me in, but it is really leaning away from Chapman. Piper Chapman is mm-hmm. was, in my opinion, set up to be her show. And now you're right. She's totally kind of skipping out of that. We just got done with an episode shortly before you and I got on, and it was fucked up. She bit off way more than she can chew, and prison's nothing to fuck with, man. I don't know why no. she got such an attitude and, like, she fucked up big, dude. She got too big for her head, and she was walking around like she owned shit, and fuck that. I would not fuck with the place and wanted me, got me thinking, excuse me, w- do you think you can make it in the clink? I would have to. Like, there's no, uh, you would have no choice, right? But, uh, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I don't know if the question is, 
and I don't know how many of these stereotypes are true, but would you be someone's bitch or would you make someone your bitch or like, there's so many of those. That's the shit that scares me. Like that part of it. Cause that's the part I would struggle with. But, uh, from what I've, I've seen enough of the reality show prison stuff where if you have a talent, you, you, you'll be okay in prison. Like for example, one guy can draw and because he can draw some of the other prisoners will ask him, Hey, can you please draw? Uh, a portrait of my son or whatever and and I want to mail it to him so and then they trade for cigarettes or or credits that they use to buy th- if you're at a, one of the nicer prisons to buy things at the store which is probably more cigarettes and uh so I I, f- I do have a little bit of drawing talent I feel like I can use that uh I I'm sure there's a, an AA program that I could use that too and go there. And I'm like, okay, well, I've already done that. So, I, and I'm still doing it. So maybe I can just go into that club and make friends with those guys and make friends with the artists. That would be my strategy. It would not be, let me try to take down the biggest guy in the, cause I think that'd be the stupid thing to do. That'd be the thing that would get me killed mo- most likely. And, and, uh, I, I also know from from watching these shows too is that the friendliest person that immediately says hey stick with me man and you'll be fine is the one that's gonna not physically screw you maybe i don't know but they're the ones that usually they try to get people to owe them money for protection essentially so that's when they're like hey stick with me and you'll be fine hey by the way i kept those guys from beating you up because you're a newcomer why don't you pay me some of this and that's where they get you in that cycle where you forever pay them and they get all of these newcomers to give them money so that's the kind of shit that i would try to avoid and i would just focus on my talents but it would be tough man i already have a hard time using a public fucking restroom to use it with two other guys in the same fucking thing and showering in the same cell that'd be fucking tough man i don't know if i that'd be the the shit that i'm like i don't know if i can do it I would I would have to obviously, but uh, I don't know. That's a lot of anxiety now <laughs> when I think about these things. Yeah, I don't know if I'd poop the whole time I was in jail. <laughs> I really don't know if I could years. poop in front of somebody else at all. I really it would black up or back up so bad so <laughs> quickly that I just don't know what I do. Your body would redigest it. Like, well, I guess we'll just use it somehow. <laughs> yep, it's got to disappear, and he's not letting it out. We'll reuse. That's funny. <laughs> now you're saying what what's your favorite reality TV prison show? It was called like America's most dangerous prisons, I believe, and it's on Netflix. There's several of them, and that's the one that that I watched where people were there was hits going out on guys, people that are there on multiple death sentences are usually the ones who carry out the kills, all kinds of crazy shit. And I think that's what it was called. Another fun one to check out. They at least have one season on Netflix. I think they have them all on Hulu is 60 days in. Okay. Where they take uh random people. Mostly the people have a reason, you know, they screen them a little bit and a lot of people are going to say, you know, my husband was in the system and I want to see what he's doing. My brother was in the system or they have a reason, or even sometimes I'm a correctional officer and I want to see what it's like on the mm-hmm. other side. So they voluntarily surrender themselves to be, incarcerated for 60 days i've and seen then, that one yeah and some yeah. of them you can tap out right you can leave early yes yeah, i remember the one guy they were spreading that rumor that he was a kid toucher and that's when he's like i gotta get the fuck out of here they're gonna kill me <laughs> yes i remember that the one that sticks out in my head is season one and i'll still forever say fuck this guy i think his name is robert or whatever and he talked a big game and then he realized that he was yes. going to be in gen pop and he like touched the camera knowing that it put him into mm-hmm. seg and then he hung out alone for 23 hours a day. And when he got out, he's like, I made it. And everybody's like, fuck you. And I was 
irate on the other side of a television screaming at a show I had just discovered like 12 years too late. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know, he pissed yeah. me off. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit. I remember exactly who you're talking about. And he was like, no, I didn't do it. on Like, didn't he deny it, too, that he didn't do it on purpose or some shit? Yeah, he tried to save face the entire time when everybody was like, listen, this is what happened. Exactly how I laid it out is what everybody else in the world saw except for him. He was like, no, I needed to know. Like, I was trying to get under undercover. And everybody's like, fuck you. You were scared. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So with me watching that, kind of like you were saying, cause I can't draw for shit. I tried once. Didn't was not not good. Um People could pay me to puzzle. I don't know if that's a skill, but I do that pretty well. But I can't see anything on the inside like, oh, that's that's that guy. So I would just be the guy who doesn't talk. I would just I would want to roll with the old folks mm. and just go find them and hang out with them. Your angle of like, oh, yeah, find the AA guys like that's something you're right. I could totally relate to that as well. And like, that'd be a good group to get into. But like the second somebody's like, yo, what the fuck you looking at? I'm not the guy to be like nothing, bitch. You know, I'm the guy to be like nothing. I didn't. I I don't even have eyes, man. These are fake. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the same way where there's a guy I know that he went to jail for a couple of months and he he tried that where he, a guy was standing in front of the TV and he told him, hey, man, move. And the guy's like, no, so you, you're going to make me. And that's when he's like, all right, well, I'm either going to fight this guy or I'm forever going to be beneath him and he fucking fought him and got beat up and the guy's like you know he was on the floor and and this guy said have you had enough and he's like no and he got up got punched again and this time he didn't get up and he's like all right but he said after that they were cool (laughs) which which might be an initiation of sorts oh for sure i'm one to think that even on your best behavior you're probably going to get hit once in jail because like you just don't like the way you look yeah yeah and you can't be the guy like you can't be the guy who i just said i'm gonna be but fuck, I don't want to be the other guy either. You know, like, I don't want to be the, all right, let me take my lick and get it over with. I'd be the guy who's like, all right, I'll be a bitch for a little bit. Whatever. We'll figure this out. Hold your pocket. All right, cool. (laughs) Do you watch Tom Segura? Do you like uh, the comedian? No, I haven't heard of him. He's got a great bit where he's talking about watching um, Scared Straight, Beyond Scared Straight, or maybe back in his day, it was just still the regular Scared Straight. And about a guy who made a little kid hold his pocket and he stops as he's telling the audience and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know much about jail, but if you find if you wake up and find yourself holding another gentleman's pocket, it's going to be a rough day for you. Oh, man. And that's all <laughs> I think about when I think about jail. It's just like, God, no, I don't think I could do it. Well, that's the well, here's the other thing. Like if someone would would tell you, OK, well, you're going to be you're going to I'm going to sleep with you or I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Like that's what are you going to do at that point? Is, is that another fight or flight? <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. If it's between that, like, all right, I'll take my beating now. <laughs> like, all right, I, need, well, I need this whole bed. This is just a single. I, I am a single. No. <laughs> well, that's the plot twist. When they beat you up, then they sleep with you. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that I'd have a worry with, and it really comes off the heels of, like I said, just ending this episode of Orange is the New Black, is when you're put in prison, it kind of seems de facto that you have to, quote, unquote, stay with your own. And being white, that means, like, the one th- – I wouldn't want to do that. Like, right off the bat, if people are from, like, the Aryan Brotherhood or Skinner, like, hey, come sit with me. I'm like, no. Like, I don't want to do that either. But what am I – I can't be alone. What a big conundrum that would be. I, I was also in a 60 Days In episode where, like, some guy didn't want to be with them because of that. And they beat him up. And they're like, no, you you got to go sit with them. And it's like, shit. 
now I know Nazis like this sucks twice as bad. Like not only am I in jail, but now I got to fucking sit with Nazis too. This sucks. Yeah. And the other groups won't accept you either. So you have to go with your own from what I've seen also. Yeah. That I, I would, I, I would also accept them. I was like, all right, I'm with the Mexicans. I, I that's what I am. So here we go. I, it would just have to be the case. And you speak full Spanish. Yeah, I'm pretty fluent. Like, there's, I, I understand it all. I can speak it, so I'd be fine. But I, when once you're in that group and they go to war, you're expected to also get into those <laughs> playground fights. Not doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like that's why when people come back and they're like, "What? Didn't you just sit in your room the whole time?" And it's like, no, I don't think you understand the the entire system as it works. Like when you come back, yeah, you are somewhat of a warrior. You're definitely some sort of a better criminal because you got to get stuff done from what I've seen of also like, hey, you, you know, put this in your pants and take it over there. And it's like, shit. And now I have to be more sleuthy than I ever intended. If not, like we're talking about, it's an ass beating of one sort or another. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then or you're asked to go beat up. Hey, make sure to get my money from that guy. It's insane. There's a hierarchy. There are rules. They have their own type of culture in there, and you assimilate. There's no way you don't. You you can't go against the grain because it's literally just just you. Exactly. Yeah, one will not stand it. They they don't like it either. Again, this no. is all from what we've gathered on the television. I've never personally been there, but all these things can't have the same kind of basic outline over the last I don't know like five six years of watching prison shows and not be true. There's definitely there's definitely their own system in there. Right. Yeah, I think so. And it would obviously depend on the type of jail you're in, the type of criminals that you're housed in with. I think in the 60 days show, they didn't put them with any serious criminals, like anyone that's like a murderer or or like really heavy sex sex offenders. I think a lot of them were they were there for months or something like that. Right. Or or there for theft or armed robberies. It wasn't. Like the really, really heavy prisons where they have heavy lockdowns. Yeah, it didn't look weird for anybody to leave in 60 days. Like, oh, okay, yeah. that's normal. So whatever gets you in and out of there. The thing that always surprised me, too, is like they fuck up their cover story because most inmates know the legal system better than anybody. So mm -hmm. most inmates would be like, wait, you got arrested here. Why are you there? And they'd go, no. And automatically <laughs> right. they'd be onto them like, fuck you. You're not like, how do you not know your what do you mean you don't know? Yeah, no, exactly. And and when and some of these guys, when they're in there for years, they can't do real life anymore. Like a lot of places won't hire them and they they actually get like freaked out and they're like, no, I want to go back to jail because that was my I knew what I was doing when I was in there. So they'll commit another crime to get themselves back in jail or in the dangerous prison show where they're like, OK, you're going to be out in a month. They'll deliberately do something like get into a fight with someone to extend their prison sentence because they don't want to leave. Uh, it's it's so it's kind of interesting how that shift happens after you're in there for so many years. Yeah. Full assimilation has got to eventually take over. And that's it's scary. It's crazy. Would you come out like prison Mike in the office, flaunt it and talk about it? Or would you just kind of keep it on the down low? Oh, uh, <laughs> I would probably make dumb jokes. You know, if people ever tried to ever seriously talk about it. Like, hey, Nick, did you really just get out of jail? I'm like, yeah, dude, the Dementors were really fucking bad. <laughs> but if anybody ever like, I don't think I'd ever really talk about it because yeah. I'd probably try to just leave it all there. You know, just really try to leave everything in jail and just be like, I don't. 
in this imaginary world. I don't know how I got here, but I'm not going back. That's the one thing I'd probably be damn sure of knowing, like, not going back, not doing it. Fuck that noise. Yeah, it's worse than Vegas. What stays in jail, what happens in jail definitely stays there. Yeah, that's fucking funny. <laughs> now, I don't want to hog all the spotlight here. What have you been binging, sir? A Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max with Kate Winslet. She yeah. will probably end up winning some kind of TV award for her performance in that. And I, I think it's only six or seven episodes, and they're each an hour long. I finished episode four yesterday, and it got a little intense. It's one that I got to start watching during the day because there's shit happening where they're hinting at a baby about to get smothered with a pillow and like things like that. That as a parent, I'm like, okay, I can't fucking watch this at ten at night. Ten at night is late for me as a parent, so I'm like, all right, this is stressing me too, too out way too much. Like people getting murdered and kidnapped, I can do that, but like kids in danger now, that freaks me out as a biologically as a parent. So. Uh, it's good stuff, man. I, I I can't say that I'm binging it because I I would have like I would need a day to just watch it all, and I I can maybe fit in an episode at night. But it's good stuff. I would recommend it if uh, Guy Pierce is in it, and he's a tremendous actor too. So uh, I'm really enjoying it. I, do you know the premise of it, or have you seen it? Uh, there was a few things that came across at work, so I I'm yeah a little bit. I had to do like the special features. So I've seen like the behind of and the making of and stuff like that, but I haven't actually watched any episodes. It's for anyone that hasn't yet gone into it. It's a very simple synopsis, but Kate Winslet plays the town detective or police woman, someone that's in charge of those investigations for like missing people. And she's, she's not a perfect protagonist she has a lot of flaws which is really interesting because you see that she's not a perfect person but she's also the protagonist throughout this thing but she is stressed out over this missing girl that's been missing for over a year and the town which is a smaller town they uh, everyone knows everyone they're constantly giving her shit over why haven't you found this girl why why aren't you doing this and to the point where eventually the town starts to practically revolt on the police like you've got to do something because they're not finding my daughter so they're like okay we're going to get the FBI involved and then now Kate Winslet's pissed off because she doesn't want them in here they don't know what the fuck they're doing and they send some kid it's Quicksilver from uh the the new X-Men movies so he He's like the young detective that's there, like also trying to find his way. And, and she's like, great. Now I've got this, you know, I've got to take care of this kid who doesn't know what he's doing. So, uh, it's, it's good stuff. And that's kind of where it starts because there's, it's very stressful and it's an uphill battle for her. And there's a lot of personal shit that's also going on in her life with her daughter and, and son and all this other. And I, I really enjoy it. It's filmed really well. And, so far, it's it's got me. There's not a side story from these characters that I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about that. Every everything is a little intriguing, and everything has its little bit of drama. Nice. And what you touched on right there is what I really want to look at and see the most is how it's filmed. Because from the little snippets that I mentioned that I did see, it looks real good. Like just just physically looking, you know, nothing to do with how the series looks. Mm-hmm. Just the way that they chose to shoot it. It's fucking awesome. It's really, really interesting and not something I see a lot. So as I was watching the things, I was like, this is awesome. But I haven't I haven't done it yet. Like you said, even earlier, like I got to stick to certain things. So now that Suns is done, maybe Mare will squish her way in there. And the other show that I've been also juggling is the Resident Evil series that just hit Netflix. 
it's not good. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna, <laughs> not gonna, it's the complete opposite of Mayor of East Town, but you know what? I enjoy all of those Resident Evil CG movies that came out years ago, and it stars Leon Kennedy, who starred in Resident Evil 4, which is my favorite video game of all time. So on those little things alone, uh, I'm, it's got my attention, and the technology is impressive enough to, for me where I'm like, oh, look at the stubble on the characters, and like it's so well done now, like the the tech where... Yeah, and and I believe from what I saw, they do motion capture for these characters. So there there are actors that are playing all this out, and then they you know CGI in the monsters and all that stuff. But uh, it's just fascinating to see from a technical standpoint. But the story is very simple. It's it's very easy to digest, and it's short. I think it's only four episodes long, and I'm already like at the very end of this big story. So that's the other thing that I'm right about finished with. I like that you said, too, it is fucking fascinating what they could do with that mocap and just put in, like, for anybody who doesn't know, usually an actor goes in there and suits up in almost a scuba suit, and that scuba suit has balls located on the joints, and then they make a little stick figure that could track the movement of the balls that then puts in an animated figure, and then on their face, they'll put a bunch of little dots and recreate somebody out of nothing, and it is incredible what they're doing. And it looks way more natural, obviously, than if, you know, it could have easily looked jarring to, you know, animate something. And you can look at early tech where it's like, all right, that's clearly not doesn't look right. But for this, it's just way more natural to see a character not just sitting still, but an actor actually like shifting in their seat when they're talking to the other person. And uh, it, it's it's better. And I hope more animated shows. I don't know if that's more expensive for them or not, but I do hope they take that approach because it, it is more believable than like a stiff animated character that no matter how much you animate them, they're not always going to look 100 percent natural. Yeah, really quick. That just reminds me. Have you ever seen uh, Ready Player One? Yeah. Oh, that movie is good looking and they do it through that. And there are times where the premise of the movie the sci-fi aspect of they're all supposed to be digital helps because they're not supposed to look 100 percent realistic but there's enough of it where i'm watching i'm like damn are you sure that's not him in makeup or her in makeup like that's fucking good and it's uh do we know if we're getting a sequel did that do well enough because i know it was not a cheap movie to make oh the movie definitely did well the book oh, okay. sequel is not doing stellar amongst fans so i don't know if the want will still be there, but I, I think the money definitely was there, especially if they can get Senor Spielberg back. There's no way that they're, he doesn't flood the movie theater like he's been doing since before I was born. Yeah, since forever. I'm still waiting for his Blackhawks movie, like if that's ever happening <laughs> he, from D.C. Maybe that went out the window as soon as they got rid of all these other people. But I, I would love to see him tackle a, a superhero film in today's with today's technology. Hell yeah. Damn, that sent me spiraling. All right, we're going to have to save that for the next episode, too. <laughs> damn, that's a really good one, and I can go on, but I'm losing all focus right now because I'm trying to think of what I'd like to see him do. With that, we are going to close on out of this bud section and enter into the superhero section where we're playing it a little bit differently today. i got three things that we're going to talk about, continue to BS about, uh, just a little bit different. So we got some news stories if you even want to call it that. This first one might not even be news. I think people already know about it. I just want to know what Daniel thinks about it. And it is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Mighty Morphin Power Ranger toy crossover. Have you seen these toys yet? 
They're fucking brilliant, man. They took oh, the so designs straight out of the comic book crossover, and they made them into toys, which makes me really happy because people are going to see the toys, and they're going to be like, when the fuck did they cross over? Oh, there's this series that came out. It's in trade paperback. It's the longest fucking title ever. Read it. And this is where these all came from. And they are, yeah, well, A, yes, you're right. That is the longest. I once heard that they named Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because of the same amount of what's the word uh, syllables as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so when you have to say them both back to back it they are super repetitive but we have six figures from what I was able to find I don't know if more are coming but we have all the Rangers and we have who do you think Casey's supposed to be uh, what was... is that last one I'm confused at that because I only read it once and I, I don't have it anymore I borrowed it initially it looks like a foot ninja which is not, from what I remember, that's not what he was in the comic, but it could also be sh like a shredder, but I'm leaning towards a foot ninja, which to me is a little lame. Like, I would have maybe made him one of the Power Rangers or, or something. Which makes me think of maybe it's not Casey. Is that supposed to be Tommy? Right, and that was the other thing. Because he can't be the Green Ranger based on that story because uh shredder in the it's not a spoiler because it happens in the very first issue shredder gets the green ranger coin and he looks fucking amazing and i hope they make that toy it's gonna sell out if they do but i yeah i'm not entirely sh the problem in in when they end up doing okay well we're gonna become that's i think that's what it is is the power rangers become ninjas and obviously the turtles become power rangers but they are like generic ninjas. They didn't have like a cool upgrade like the turtles did where they have the big shell with the helmets and all that. The Power Rangers kind of got the raw end of the deal because they, instead of making them into mutants or something, they just went, okay, here's some headbands. So I think that's actually what that is. And I'd be curious to look at that too, because the Power Rangers themselves eventually do get ninjetti powers. So they've mm -hmm. gone ninja before. So I'd actually want to see the comparison again. It's been a while. It's been a while since I read that. I gotta buy it. I gotta go down to Comics on the Green in downtown Scranton. Hashtag not an ad, but go spend your money there and um, see if they have it. Because I would really like to read it again. I'm probably gonna use that as the cover in like the little things that I do for YouTube. Because the cover for the TMNT Power Ranger crossover is awesome. It's a great crossover. So we have, like I was saying, I, I can't figure out if that's supposed to be Casey or if it's supposed to be what's his name. But we also have the Pink Ranger as April O'Neil, or vice versa. Excuse me. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's that's spot on right there. That's right, right out of the comic from what I remember. And then we have Raph as the Red Ranger, which makes sense. We have Leo as the Blue Ranger, Donnie as the Black Ranger, and Mikey as the Yellow Ranger. Yep. All really great. You know, a lot of people are going to be like, huh, why is Mikey the girl? But... If you remember Super Sentai, originally the Yellow Ranger was a boy, so the Americans made him a girl. So it works. That's why he doesn't wear a little skirt. But now that I'm looking at April O'Neil's toy, she doesn't have on a little skirt. Yeah, that's true, too. Oh, fuck. We're breaking shit, guys. <laughs> anyway, I don't... Shit, I didn't bother to look up the price, which was stupid. I don't personally think I'm going to pick them up, but I would like to see them in stores. Like, I want to actually physically pick them up and look at them but take them out and play with them. Toys like this are over my head now. There's just too many working pieces. I think they're beautiful. I'm happy they exist. But Funkos just come out of the box and they sit there. You know, I'm, that's that's more my speed rather than switching out the heads and the armor and stuff. But they are great looking fucking toys. 
Well, I'll tell you if you, if you if they ever do the Shredder Green Ranger one, man, you're gonna it's gonna blow your mind. It's a beautiful design, and I can really see it translating well into an awesome premium action figure. And I hope they do him. And I, I know that would be at the very least that'd be one I would absolutely pick up. And I think if you were to see it, it, it there's no way any Power Rangers fan could turn that one down because somehow it works great. The Shredder armor with the Green Ranger. Uh, shield and every it's just beautiful i can kind of even picture it yeah i could see how that would work so you're right that one out of all of them that one might get me the most because it does sound pretty fucking badass next story i have here the batman podcast is coming dark knight is getting his very own podcast on hbo max they're growing their podcast platform and it seems like a lot of these services are doing this. They're getting into scripted original podcasts. This one's going to be titled Batman, the audio adventures. There's actually a one shot comic that's also releasing under the same title. And this is going to star Jeffrey Brown, Jeffrey Wright as Batman, Rosario Dawson as Catwoman, John Leguizamo as the Riddler. And it's going to be released exclusively on HBO Max this fall. And uh, this was a story you pulled from Deadline. It will take inspiration from the 1960s Batman, as well as my favorite Batman, Anything of All Time, the animated series written and directed by Dennis McNicholas. They will produce, HBO Max will produce the project along with Warner Brothers and DC. What a smart move. I, I personally can't wait for this because of everything you just said. So first and foremost, let's break it down. Well, it would draw inspiration from the classic 60s Batman as well as BTAS. Like, what a crossover, dude. Like, what do you think that's going to, I was going to say look like, but no, what do you think that's going to sound like? I'm I'm thinking it's going to have, well, it's going to be, I, I don't know if they're going to go full camp and we'll hear like the pows and the bangs, you know, that barrel, barrel. Yeah. In this, <laughs> or, or if it's going to be like they just, there's going to be some kind of multiverse crossover. It, it seems like we know very little plot wise, but uh, it seems like it's going to hit uh, an older fan base because Batman, the animated series and higher at this point is like what thirties to through sixties as far as age range. And it makes sense because I think a lot of podcast consumers are on the older side right now. And uh, I, I just hope that this hits audio platforms though. I know it says exclusively to HBO max, I don't know if I can sit, hit play on the TV and then like walk around and do stuff. That's not like in my behavioral patterns throughout the day. I like having the phone in my pocket and then like, you know, doing my chores or whatever or going driving and listening to podcasts. So that's my only thing is I, I would like to have it on the go and maybe they'll sell it on, on audio audible or something. But now there's, I have a lot of questions on this, but because it's, it's new ground, you know, I haven't really dived into a streaming podcast yet. That's a very good point and brought up so many questions that just to be dead honest, I didn't even think of asking. You know, when I heard podcast, of course, it's going to be on Apple iTunes and of course it's going to be on Spotify. But you're right. Like, why? Why, Nick? Why? Of course. And no, there is no of course there. What if they just have it on there and I got to watch it through my TV? That'll be annoying because I also like to listen to stories before I go to bed. So I like to turn on an audible and, you know, listen to a chapter of a book and then fall asleep or some shit. So. That's really what I was looking forward to. And now I have to get a new thing. And will it shut off when I'm done? All these questions arising. You're right. But you're also right in the sense of like, what map are they following? What are they trying to compare it to? They got nothing. You know, nobody has nothing on podcasting in that sense. Kind of like what I was talking about with Popco on my last episode of like, it's the wild fucking West. You can do anything you want. Nobody's going to tell you no. 
so they can do it their own way. Again, I'm just with those two inspirations, obviously much more with Batman, the animated series. But I think it's so interesting that the 60s Batman is going to be some inspiration because what decade would you say it is when we're in Batman, the animated series? The show itself? Yeah. So uh, in all the interviews that I've heard from Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, Allen Burnett, they purposefully made it a like a like a non-specific time period. And the way they did this is they would have old technology like blimps and the old guns. And then they would have new technology like those police vehicles that they would lock them in and they were like big and mechanized. And then you see the future sci-fi tech that Batman has in his back computer. And that hard act is apparently just a normal thing in Gotham. So they said they mixed future with the past in Gotham city or in this timeline so that you weren't stuck to a specific time period, which is, which also helps make it timeless, aside from the fact that the quality of the show is incredible, that itself also helps. And that's why I find it interesting that they're specifically saying even the 1960s Batman, you know? So whether or not they specifically mean to be set in the 60s or be mean to set with a campier tone is what I'm I'm kind of curious about. Yeah, I really hope that it's not Bow, Piff, Bam, Zop and shit like that, but... At the same time, you know, they did a uh, Batman Brave and the Bold and that kind of inspired by the 60s a little bit, the campiness. And that shit was dope. So who knows? And it's very possible that maybe they'll explore different eras. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking initially, OK, this is going to be a story and we're going to get one chunk of 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 time and especially with the voice actors they're like okay this is batman and this is this. but it very could easily be okay this episode we're going to explore a 60s batman and this episode we're going to explore uh, a different original story and who knows how they're handling it and that that's why they're because we have so little specifics you and i as podcasters have a lot of questions on how are you doing this <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is i really i do like the idea of adding tones to it and layers and levels of different sound rather than just, uh, you know, somewhere in between spoken word and like a thirties radio show where like, let's tone down the ridiculousness. But if someone gets shot, let's hear some bullets as well. You mentioned that. And now I want when they eventually inevitably do the Superman podcast to kind of do those old radio shows for, for that, where that's where I believe kryptonite was came from because they had to figure out a way uh, from from listening to Word Balloon, I believe they were saying that the actor that played Superman on those radio shows was going to be out of town, so he couldn't do that episode. So they made up Kryptonite as like, this is why Superman's weakened because of Kryptonite. And then they eventually worked it into the lore where now we're seeing it on the big screen in Batman v Superman. So if they can do like an old style talkie like that with Superman, I think it'd be a fun thing for them to to kind of redo think i heard that as well and um he was also the guy who kind of thought that like clark kent should sound like this meanwhile superman should be more down here mm-hmm. i always found that just so fucking fascinating oh man i wish radio was still alive like it was so yeah maybe this will bring it back in a sense you know it won't be terrestrial over the airwaves radio but that man the more we're talking about this the more i'm like yeah let's do a fucking old school ass radio show with batman and superman Overall, I hope it works out for him and that it becomes popular and and that it's somehow user friendly. Uh, Again, I do, as someone that consumes a lot of podcasts, I hope they have an option to have it on the go. And I think that'd be smart for them to to do that because that's how uh, at least I consume podcasts. I don't have it on the TV playing, but 
uh, I don't know, maybe they know something I don't, or maybe this is just very early territory for them where they'll eventually figure it out and put it out on uh, Apple Podcasts and every Stitcher and Spotify. So who knows? That's the thing that scares me again. That says exclusively on HBO Max and, uh, and, and maybe they'll have an update on the app for HBO Max on your phone. That's how they should do it. Have an update on your app and then you can play it with the audio instead of streaming video. And there you go. You, you have your podcast section on HBO Max. I think it's all good things though, because the bigger the podcasting world gets, the more people discover other smaller podcasts like the reasons I'm broke. So compared to the Batman podcast, you know, so that's, it's good things for, for us, I think. Absolutely. Couldn't put it any better myself. That was great. This last story kind of still revolves around DC. I thought it was kind of fucking stupid, but we'll still talk about it, especially you who works with the medium of comic books. So somebody was like talking about, are there going to be comics or not anymore? And eventually somebody had to step up. Oh man, his name just went right out of my head. Jim Lee. Sorry. And he was like, occasionally, quote, occasionally you will run across an article or tweet and I have to bite my tongue and not jump into the conversations. Uh, he was sharing this with the Hollywood reporter. It's the furthest thing from the truth, not printing comic books anymore. If anything, it's the exact opposite. The comics that we publish, the core canon we establish in comics, is driving everything we do across DC and the media. We are constantly referring to the characters as we build DC beyond the publishing world. So, yes, it is the cornerstone of everything we do. Basically, he's saying they're not going to stop printing comics. Did you ever really have any validity to that? Last year, I got really upset at Rob Liefeld and Ethan Van Skyver because they're one's an amazing artist, Ethan. Incredible. But they were both spreading this fucking rumor. They're like, I, I have friends still in D.C. and. There's rumors that AT&T is going to sell off their comic division to Disney or Marvel or to IDW and they're no longer going to be in print and they don't want to print anymore. And that kept that stupid rumor had so many subscribers and customers asking me every week, like, is it true that they're not doing DC anymore? It's like, no, that's not true. They, they're not working for DC anymore. They're, they're, of course, they're not going to be ha- Rob Liefeld's contract was canceled at that point over his shitty variant coverage because no one was ordering or buying them. And he's upset at, at DC, of course. And so he's not going to have great things to say about them. And Ethan's no longer working for them either for whatever reason. And he's doing his own independent comic books. So they're not going to be friends of DC's. And I, I didn't like that rumor. And I still don't like that rumor because you see it on Bleeding Cool all the time where they'll come out with this random article of does this mean the end of print for DC? And inevitably someone in the comments will be like, you've been saying that for the last five years. <laughs> like how long are they not going to, are they going to not print comics anymore, but still print comics? It's amazing to me. And, and in fact, right now they just did the DC Connect catalog. They brought it back. It was digital only for months, which got me worried because I'm like, well, now I, that's going to kill sales for them. Uh, you're, you know, you're in a market where people like their paper comics and you're taking away a physical catalog. And I did my best and given the link every month to the subscribers that wanted it, but they don't like going on their phone and swiping through pages and then doing pre-orders. They like having a catalog in front of them, pen and paper, and, and taking that physical paper to the comic shop and handing it to the clerk and then me punching it right into the computer. That's the shit they like to do. That's what they do every month with Marvel and independent books. 
And now they're doing it again with DC, thankfully. They brought back the catalog this month. It's a physical paper catalog. So that, again, tells me they are dedicated to the print market. The print market, we just saw the numbers two months ago from ICV2, is still larger than the digital sales. The the direct market is very lucrative for them. And, yeah, it's a small, tiny drop in the bucket for a big company like AT&T or Discovery. But if you're just looking at Warner Brothers or DC, that's a good chunk of change. So, no, it's it's I have a very strong feelings when people bring that up every time, not because I'm a DC fanboy, because believe me, believe me, I, I read very little DC these days because of the talent. And that's a whole different subject. But I'm, I'm telling you that they're not stopping print comics, and that's simply not the case. And I'm tired of these artists, and 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 I'm sure Jim is as well, even more so, spreading this rumor for years of something that still hasn't happened. And he seems just also like such a nice guy. So it's funny when he's like, "I have to bite my tongue," and it's like, "I would love to see you just unhinge for a second and just get online and be like, no, we're gonna make comics forever, you stupid fucks.' Like that's what we do." Yeah, he, he never has. So calm. Yeah, no, he never has. He's always so nice about it. Right. Like even like Zack Snyder, who very rarely lashes out, you'll see him once or twice by now he's blown up on someone. And someone like Jim Lee, though, calm still like he hasn't blown up and he's gone through it. New 52, DC Rebirth, retailer meetings and summits. I remember I was at one with Dan DiDio and Jim Lee and all these retailers complaining to them about the shit that went wrong with the New 52 and you can see Dan DiDio, look, look, I heard you. I know what we, we did wrong, blah, blah, blah. This is what we're doing right. And Jim Lee just sta- sitting there drinking his, his, uh, it was a Linen Kugel. <laughs> and, and, oh no, I'm sorry, it was a Yingling. And he's just calmly drinking a Yingling, not saying much, like, I'll just let Dan DiDio do the work. And I think that's what he's doing now. He's just letting the PR department do the work. And good on him, because I don't think I'd have that kind of patience. Now, something I want to circle back around to really quick. You did say it was long, so this could be the third drop of us saving something for the next episode. But really quick, the talent in the DC comics, like what you kind of mean by that? And what can I pick up that is worthy of it almost? Well, the problem with a big company like Disney buying up Marvel Comics or a big company like AT&T buying up Warner Brothers and in turn DC is they very quickly try to raise their profit margin as much as possible. They crunch numbers like crazy. And I get it. It's a business. They have to do these things. But they're not running DC or Marvel like comic publishers anymore. Instead, they're like, okay, how many? How do we move the largest number of books with the cheapest cost possible? And what DC ended up doing, and this is what Marvel did years back, is over the last year, they've not renewed contracts for big talent like Peter J. Tomasi, one of my favorite writers. He did the incredible Batman and Robin run in the New 52, did the Superman run for DC Rebirth. And all of these amazing talents are not being renewed at DC because they're too expensive. And they're instead going into independent comics, Image, Dark Horse, Kickstarter, Indie, doing their own thing. And, uh, and good for them because the indie p- books are amazing. They're, they're benefiting from good writers and good artists. And in turn, both Marvel and DC are instead hiring up and coming talent that honestly don't really have their craft all set up. And, and you'll see it in the books. They're digital artists. They're younger uh, writers. And you, you flip through a book and you're like, this is all digitized and it looks weird. It's not great artwork. It's not great writing. 
it seems like they have quotas to hit as far as we need representation here and here and here. Like they're running it like a giant company, like an AT&T, like a, like a marketing thing instead of a, a book publisher. So they're, they're both doing that. And it's a shame because it, they're not catering to the readership, which are older and, and younger. They're instead trying to capture younger readers, which is fine. You can do that all day, but they're not attracted to well, here is Black Batman. They're not all coming out for that. It, it's simply not happening. They want people want Bruce Wayne. Old new, new readers want Bruce Wayne, and uh, so there's a lot of wrong happening with both the big two. And uh, I honestly, I, I could tell you, like maybe I'd push for, I'd recommend to you the current Batman run because it is written by James Tynion the fourth. He's a, an older talent at this point, even not nothing compared to Peter J. But He's been doing it for a while, and he sells books, and he writes Department of Truth, which is my favorite comic book right now. But that's honestly the only one I could recommend to you because the books are not strong right now for the big two. One more kind of final to wrap this up, what we were talking about in our last time that we talked about, you know, the comic book sales versus, or not versa, but the comic book sales being affected by new media. And we brought up Invincible. For sure, we definitely brought up Jupiter's Legacy. Now, the one that I just got turned on to a little bit actually didn't fully catch me, but I'm curious about is Sweet Tooth. I had never heard anything about that. Did you read that before it came out? Have you watched it? Anything? I haven't watched it, never read it, but I definitely handled the books as they were releasing, the back issues. Not a crazy seller. It's not something that that ever did amazing as it was releasing, not like on the level of The Walking Dead or anything like that. And some of the viewerships have, they noticed, I ordered the the uh, Sweet Tooth Compendium, which has all of the first run, the initial run, all in one book. And people will be like, oh, Sweet Tooth, like the show. And they'll walk past that. I still haven't sold it. So it doesn't always hit for every book, unfortunately. The show can be very successful, but then the book will sit. Or the show can do okay, and then we'll sell the heck out of the book like Lock and Key. So... Uh, yeah, Sweet Tooth, it's not one that I kept up with, and uh, I haven't gotten into the show yet. That's so fucking funny, though. I could just, I'm making a little mental image of you behind the counter, and somebody goes, oh, Sweet Tooth, and you perk up, just like, it's the day. And then <laughs> they walk past, and you just slump back down, like, god damn it. Like a puppy at a fucking, uh, like a shelter, like, oh, look, that puppy. And it's like, yeah, no, not today. <laughs> it happens all the time, man. Like, like with every, <laughs> any product, they're like, hey, do you have this? Trade paperback, yeah, Flashpoint, uh, yeah, I got it right here. Oh, okay, thanks. And then they leave. It's like, what, what, what were you just checking my stock? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Who do you work for? What are you coming in here? They're just making little checks. Oh, you have this, 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 and this. Like, I never get that. There's all those weird little things that happen. Like, someone will message me at the store, like, hey, do you buy Funko Pops? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. I, on these days and these times. Okay, great. And then the same person, because I recognize they're regular and I recognize their Instagram and their voice, they call days later asking the same question. And I'm like, did you think I was lying? Like, uh, what's, what's, there's a lot of weird behaviors that I've, I've noticed now in retail. And that's one of them, like the sweet tooth thing. Like, hey, sweet tooth, I love that show. And, and that's the end of it. Like, they won't buy the, the merch. That's funny. Yeah, I got three episodes in and I don't know if I'll go back. Maybe one day. We'll find out. Good to know. Not one I'll jump into. Yeah. With that, though, guys, I have to say thank you so much again to Daniel from the Reasons I'm Broke podcast for coming, talking, hanging out. This was a great episode. Anybody out there who wants to hear some more Daniel, please, sir, tell them where they can find you. Well, thank you very much, Nick. This was a lot of fun. I uh, really appreciate it when, when you 
invite me to be on and when you come on the show as well, which you can hear more of Nick at TheReasonsImBroke.com. He is a part of the regular co-host rotation, and uh, that's uh, that'll have a link to everywhere you can find the podcast, as well as the Twitter handle, Instagram, Bureau, everything for the podcast as well at TheReasonsImBroke.com. Thank you so much for that time. It's finite for everyone, so you coming and spend some with me really does mean the world. Thank you again, Daniel. Thank you. I appreciate it, Nick. And thank you to all the listeners out there. If you haven't yet, if you could do the like, the subscribe, all that stuff, that would be great. But if not, it's the word of mouth that'd be great. Because if you know a friend who likes Buds, Bros, or Superheroes, I got a fucking show for them. My name has been Nick James. I've been joined with... Daniel. And Buds, Bros, and Superheroes are out of here. <laughs>